Hello and welcome back to the Talking Wars podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cooper, and today I'm joined by Dave as a party. Dave, how are you keeping, mate? Nice uh, England jump you've, you've got on there. You're ready for Qatar? I, I, I'm not a big fan of internationals, but I just did that to do like a sponsored World Cup thing. So uh, I thought I'll put, I'll put this on it. It's comfy. I think I'll wear it to the fan park we're going to next week anyway. So, you might want to clarify Other than that, it. I am all good. Yeah. You, I mean, international football. Say again. I'm not, no, <laughs> yeah. I much prefer... I, I Don't like internationals. Football. No. International football, yeah. So, yeah I mean, I'm for myself, so yeah. <laughs> I can't be racist or for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Good, man, good. Finn, how you doing, mate? I'm good. I love internationals. Um, no, but yeah, international. I'm the, I'm the same. Um, I'm not just on England stuff, but I've, I've grabbed myself a jumper as well. I should have put it on, sorry. We, this is going to be the last one before Christmas, isn't it? Probably, Probably, maybe. Possibly. I don't know. We've got the cup game, maybe. I don't know. See, I'll wear one it's if like we squeeze one in. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Festive spirit. Nothing like Christmas, like Gillingham. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that game already. I'm the same. I don't mind England, but I don't feel like I'm gripped by this World Cup at all. I think at the timing of it and all the kind of hoo-ha that surrounds it, it's just, I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't feel too right. But I'm sure when it's on, it's nice having football on in the day, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you're in your, when you work when you're working and you got your second screen on, you know, game, a few games of football. So yeah, it's nice. No, it's right. no... <laughs> people are aware who've listened to this. So obviously, when I book annual leave, um, but no, George this week he's still sunning himself in Antigua. But saying that, like the pictures he put up, it looks it looks quite overcast. <laughs> I don't know if you boys put the same weather. Looks a bit shit. So I hope it picks up for him. I asked him. He said it, it's a bit better now. I think. I think last week it was a bit grey, wasn't it? So. Mm. Um, serves him right for leaving us. He'll be sat on the sunbeds, uh, but he probably is our, our last podcast for, for for a little while. Hopefully, this we'll have some juicy gossip to talk about during the international period uh, with Lopetegui. They're, they're doing warm weather training camp as well, aren't they, Dave in Marbella? So, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. Wonder if we can get access for that. That'd be nice. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> <laughs> it would be yeah. it. Uh, I, I we, would go to be fair. I'm, but, I'm yeah. me, I'm me. I mean, if we had a chance before, we probably don't have it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah we probably get access. For it. Yeah, you got an exclusive interview with Dexter Lembakisa. Oh, yeah, so fucking ass science. You did it before. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what they'd say. But oh, lads, let's um, let's get straight into it. We're talking about the Leeds game, the Arsenal game. Won't be a game to preview. Um, but Dave's also spoken to Tom Warren from the Walls Foundation as the Molyneux sleepout is approaching. And of course, we'll take your questions. But Dave, Wolves versus Leeds in the Carabao Cup, finally a win and a, a goal in front of the South Bank. I bet you thought he'd never come. I know. And it was a good finish as well by uh, Bubakar. Came on and sort of had a really positive effect on the game. You know, I, was, I was happy to see a fairly strong team. Obviously, the a bit of rotation in in the midfield, and I support, suppose that's one of the pros of the Steve Davis um, sort of era at Wolves is that he's given the opportunities to a lot of younger players that probably wouldn't have had a chance under Bruno Large. We saw Joe Hodge uh, a lot more. We've seen obviously little glimpses of, glimpses of Conor Rona. He's not had a huge amount of chances. Hugo Bueno, um, but yeah, the, it, it it wasn't a great game of football. It wasn't a classic. Um, but to get a win felt nice, and it was a, obviously a great finish from Bubakar. And you look at the draw now; a couple of teams that have drawn each other. We've got Gillingham. I'm not saying we're going to go and win it, but there's a massive chance we could go into the semi-finals. And I think in a two-legged tie, anything is possible. 
I think we could do a Birmingham City and win the cup and go down. <laughs> Would you Imagine. take that? Would you take that? Oh. No. No. I'd rather stay in the Premier League than win yeah, the but... Mickey Mouse trophy if we go out. I'm a... Yeah, but you're not saying that when you're on Wembley Way and you're winning it. Imagine no, imagine that you've playing Blackpool on a Saturday and then on the Thursday you're going to like I don't know, like Punic. Getafe or some shit. I, I don't know, <laughs> like you know, I don't know, I don't know. That's just mad though, isn't it? Yeah. One seaside to another. Getafe is probably in the middle of Spain as well, so I don't know. I've, I've, I've I think it's, no, Getafe is Madrid, 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 where I think. So they're probably bottom of the, the La Liga as well. So I've completely cocked it. Well, I don't know. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, they're actually fifteenth, so not too far, but they are. Yeah, they're mid, mid, Madrid base. But um, mm. I think where's well, a better night out? Oh, true. Not Blackpool because you're shit hole. And no offense to <laughs> anyone who's listening who's a who's a wall sign from Blackpool. I'm sure you'll agree. The strip is anyway. my mother. Well, oh yeah, Laws. Yeah. Is your Laws is from Blackpool, isn't she? Yeah, Blackpool massive. Is your Blackpool fan? Was I think it was half Blackpool, half Liverpool, and now obviously forced to be to be Wolves. Interesting bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finn, what did you make of the the game uh, against Leeds? I thought it was pretty poor, to be honest. Yeah, very scrappy. Um, I don't know whether it's because I like I don't film on a personal level. I don't film the cup games as well, so I like. I just sort of had like half an eye on it as well. It was like nothing was going on. Those first few minutes when Leeds really um, flew forward, I thought I was going to sound like a genius from what I said on the podcast where it did look like we could just loop the ball over. Um, but they sort of calmed that down after those first few chances in the first five minutes. Um, and then, yeah, very, very scrappy. And it, even the goal, it, it was a good goal. But even when you look at it, you're like, where's the keeper there? I know it's he's come over to cover that side. But it was, yeah, it's strange all round. But as you say, with those, it's just... Um, get the win, get through. And now we're looking, without jinxing it, looking like another round through as well. And then we start to think, yeah, are we going to do a Birmingham? So it was more of a job done than a really impressive win. But I think in the position we're in, you take any type of win. They're in good form as well. I know they've, um, mm. well, that, well, that they were, did they play, they played, they lost, didn't they? They lose at the weekend. I can't remember. Yeah, like two late goals, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they were, before coming into the game, they were in really good form. But they did make, quite a lot of changes. Finn, you said there about filming. How come you uh, haven't uploaded recently? Is it just because we're shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I film I film like every game. Like I, yeah. We get stuff in the can, yeah, and then it's like who is going to watch? Uh, what's a really dead result recently? Like, we just lose 1-0. If we got smashed like 7-0, there's a video in it, do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be funny, <laughs> but we just, yeah. we just lose <laughs> we just lose like 1-0. Oh yeah, what have we had two one nil? Have we won two games this season? Southampton Forest is that it? Forest yeah. Leeds. 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 Oh yeah, Leeds in the end of league. Preston. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so half the games we've won, I wasn't filming because of the cup. But yeah, yeah, don't worry. I think I, I mean I said after Nuno went, I said, well, at least it will score more goals and it'll get more entertaining. There was a few good games last year, entertainment wise. Um, and then this year, yeah, we don't talk about it. But maybe it's a fresh start after the World Cup and we can actually have some entertaining to watch. Someone came up to me a game, a game like two weeks ago and was like, oh, I only watch you when we win. I was like, sound. Well, good job turning up loud. Pretty fair analysis. I was like, yeah, that seems, <laughs> that seems to make sense. Um, unless we go down an Arsenal fan TV route, yeah, there's not much success in um, in Wolves unless I start losing my mind, but it's just not, it's not me. The AFTV routes changed completely though, like I was speaking Oh yeah, the original, yeah. Last week and I, I know they're trying to, well, they've managed to weed out all the characters that were once hmm. like DT and and mm. that DT video, by the way, most of it's a load of bollocks. Um, 
from for, from from sources unknown, Uncle Robbie. Um, <laughs> but Dave, just uh, that midfield three: Hodge, Neves, and Ronan. What do you make of that? I thought I thought Hodge and Ronan actually did a decent job. To be fair, yeah, Hodge's work rate is is really good, um, and I think that will get him quite far. And 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 this is to be fair, this is one of the things that Scott Sellers will never get praised for but yeah. he should is he's picking out of young players because Scott Sellers would have been the person that got Joe Hodge, Harvey Griffiths was, in the 21. Yeah. 21s. Um, the goalkeeper, Louis Molden, um, you know, there's a few players there and he would have picked them out himself because of his connections from Manchester city. Uh, and Joe Hodge obviously was unfortunate with injuries last year, but since he's come back to fitness, he's been unbelievable. I know Tim Spears joked about it, uh, didn't he, on our end of season podcast last season, um, because Joe Hodge had gone through a little decent run of form, but it shows you know how quick he's risen. And we saw in the Lopetegui behind the scenes first day video as well. Like I'm sure we'll talk about that more later. But obviously he said to Hodge how well he played the day before, uh, or the you know a couple of nights before. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, but yeah, I'll. I'll I was a fan of it. You know, if we'd lost, I'm sure there would have been more, you know, people moaning about it because it wasn't our strongest midfield free. But it's given a chance to two young players that have obviously worked hard, been patient and, you know, took their chance to a degree. I've been watching that Lopetegui video and he said he played well. I think Joe Hodge is going to be one of those players who lets his football do the talking because <laughs> he was just like... Oh, mate, it was dead awkward, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I don't I like. I mean, I'd rather them perform well and than be a character. But I like to see players with a bit of character. Like even Sasha was quite talkative. To be fair, Sasha seems like the nicest bloke on the planet. Yeah, like he's just happy to get him, be involved. Like he's mm. happy he's been picked. But even like like Gedge looked miserable, which I think that's just him. Um. But I like, I like the way that he, he spoke about like having respect, like big respect for you all. And he said, Nunes, watch your shoulder and then put it back Slapped out for him. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he couldn't go. Um, yeah. But he do, I mean, he seems like a bloke who just oozes class and confidence as Lopetegui, but I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit later. But Finn, Kilman and Collins started at the back and I think it's important for them to keep getting game time to try and, you know, get that confidence back and, Strengthen that partnership, but especially Collins, he struggled again. I thought against yeah, the, it's the young lad. Yeah, yeah. Since on you saying about um, Hodge there as well, you'd say Kilman's come through and been like through the Wolves Academy and been quite quiet. Whether that's I don't know, like nature or nurture, whether we're picking these players that are just head down, get on with their football. Um, then again, you've had players like Morgan come through, but I suppose he's been shipped out as soon as he jumps on TikTok or whatever. But as for performances on the pitch with uh, with Kilman, yeah, probably the better of the two, but still not massively convinced. I think early on in the season when there was, I mean, there was great statistics, like we were the best um, defence, was it shortly before the Man City game? Mm. Um, but still never fully, fully been convinced that they're like a really compatible two. I think when you put them in a three, which we'll probably talk about later, it's going to bump them, like make them both look a lot better. But You've got a partnership there for, if you got it right, another 10 years. So we are going to have to take the sort of teething problems, I suppose. And that is the uh, the disadvantage to like buying young and trying to sell you have to take their mistakes. And yeah, they're not looking completely assured. And I think we're used to sturdiness at the back, aren't we, as, as Wolves fans in the last five, six years. Mm. Um, and it's, it's tough with a team like Leeds when you've just got players flying at you. But 
yeah, it's just more of the same from them two, really. But whether we do go to a, a five or they've got another solid month now on the training pitch together, we'd need Ireland haven't made it, have they, to the World Cup? No. no. So he's they've got yeah, they've got time together now. So hopefully it starts to get slightly better. Yeah, I mean Collins is still only twenty one. People forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kilman, although he's twenty five, is still fairly inexperienced as a as a, as a professional footballer. But mm. I th- we know that though, and I think that probably should be addressed. Like I know you say it's, you know you might have to go for the teething problems, but how how much do you, how often like for how long do you persevere with those teething problems mm. before it comes? They're just not compatible. Right. Yeah, um, I feel like we might be at that point. You know, I was talking about um, uh, who's a lad from. Um, from West Ham, the defender who we were talking about last week, who we nearly signed Dawson, Dawson, Dawson. Craig Dawson. Yeah, I said, like, I think he's class. You see the penalty he gave right the weekend? No, <laughs> I didn't see, I've not seen. Oh, he just kicked it up in the air. Is that the one thought... that Zaha missed? Uh, yeah, yeah, Zaha missed, yeah, minus on my FPL. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so he just, he just like kicked him up in the air, and I was like, bloody hell, he's like, this is our fault. This is, um, but it's that, it's that right hand side again, isn't it? Dave Johnny went off injured, looked like he was running in concrete again. It's 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 a real concern. I, I even said the same to AF, AF TV when we spoke last week. I said that right hand side for us, it doesn't matter who seems to play there, it's just it's problem after problem, and both of their goals came from there. But it was the same against Leeds, I thought. Yeah, um, I thought Johnny was slightly better. Um, but it's down down I'm trying to think. I think every goal seems to keep coming from down that side. We're having real, we're having real issues. I thought, you know, we'll come on to the Arsenal game. I thought Samedo had a better, better game against Arsenal. Obviously, mm. had an absolute disaster class against Brighton. It couldn't have got any worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about Johnny. We got tagged in something by Sport Bible yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, and they did a list of all the underrated players in each team, and they'd put Max Kilman and honourable mention Johnny. I thought, right, you know, who on earth has written this? Yeah, I was like, who on earth has written this? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a shame to see him come off injured, to be fair, but still not quite the Johnny that we've uh, we've seen in recent times. I, I'm i going to start stop praising for players because it's same happened with Dawson at the weekend, same happened at the start of the season for Johnny when we were up for 4-4-2. I said, he's our, probably our most underrated player. I'm just going to stop saying players underrated because ever since everyone seems to be dropping stinkers. But yeah. he, I suppose he was a little bit better. But it's just I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you fix that because what? Well, because Collins plays on the was Collins right. playing the left or the right? Playing the right. right. Yeah. I so, think the issue is as well when you're and I saw this predominantly. What was the game before the Brighton game? Mm-hmm. When obviously Samedo, you want your fullbacks to push on. When Samedo was attacking. Obviously, Collins would come across and support and sort of Samedo, as he comes back, would tuck into the right centre-back role. But Collins' one-on-one defending down the byline is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And I don't... Then I'm thinking, well, I would, I wanted to say, actually, he's only a good defender, but surely a good defender would be able to stop that sort of stuff. And he's getting beat down the byline. And it happened... The winning goal for Brighton and the goals mm. against Arsenal were a very similar thing as well, where he's dived in. And you know, or he gets beaten down the byline. It's just for me, quite for a Premier League defender, it should be quite basic to defend that sort of stuff. You don't know what players going past you at certain speeds, though. Like, I'd imagine once he gets going, he's quite quick, but it's, it's like that, a stop start thing when it's like a standard, yeah. Studs, yeah. They, when, they stand when him up and go still. past him, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly that, yeah, yeah. Which 
any good winger will do anyway because they can they can stop in the low center of gravity. Whereas obviously he's, a, he's an absolute unit. But mm. I really I really hope he does turn it around now because I do think there's a player in there, and I I such at the start I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw at Burnley last year. I know George will echo those thoughts as well. He was the one kind of um, time we should sign him in, in the summer, and eventually we did. But he did do well for the goal though. He was he was the one thing who, who won the won the ball back, gave it to Benz, and then. Um, Trey Ray scored that screamer. It's a lovely move, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the I'd probably praise Pedence the most in that move, in that it was finally a ball aiming for someone, um, which hasn't we haven't really done that much this season. It was clever, yeah. And um, I don't think I think I saw someone put this on Twitter as well. I think he's our only winger at the moment that sees that. I, albeit eight out of the ten times he doesn't get it right, or he tries to rainbow flick whatever. Scorpion <laughs> kick it to him. Um, so you take the rough with this mood with him, but you do get gems like that. Um, and then, yeah, it was uh, it was good from Collins and, and Traore as well. Um, but yeah, good move from those three. But yeah, Pedence is the, is the star there for that one. In what was a pretty simple move, but as I say, uh, beggars can't be choosers at the moment. It's a, a nice goal for us, which is very rare. Mm, great finish from Traore though, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I think like Finn said earlier, I think the goalkeeping from Joel uh Robles was a bit Robles, was a bit yeah. suspect. Um but yeah, top finish. Just got a you know, nice height, nice power, and uh well deserved for Troy Allray because even mm. again in the Arsenal game, I think he's since he's broken in to the first team, uh, I think he's been a standout performer and probably one of the first names on the team sheet at the minute. I said this on um after the game on Saturday. It, I think it's telling of a, of a player. Look, I know he's young and probably fearless, but when a team is low on confidence, not doing well, and you have a player who's always wants to get on the ball and always wants to be positive and go forward, and that's him, and he doesn't shy away from it. And I think that has the hallmarks of a, of a fantastic player. And you know, credit to to Wolves and, and scouting department who have who have bought him in because I know he's on loan. But what was the fee about eight million, 10, eight eleven million, million think, yeah, yeah. Mm. which. Looks a steal. He looks. He, he, I know, he's, he's still raw and got got a kind of smooth mat a little bit. But I thought against Leeds he was good when he came on, and against Arsenal he was he was. Our, I think he's probably say our best player. Um, but he's yeah looks a, looks a re- really good player. But into the next round now, Finn against Gillingham on the twentieth of December. Lopetegui's first game in charge of Wolves at home. You think the place will be rocking? I think it should be. I think a lot of people will be chomping at the bit to get in. Yeah, it's a nice start for him. Um, it's, it's one of those, do you go full strength just to get that that good Ooh. feeling like, and keep it going? I think you do. you still got them, what, like six? To, well, as full strength as we can, you may not have uh, Neves, Sar, etc. depending on how far Portugal look, go. But if you look at the unrest in the camp there, I don't think so um, at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think you go full strength. You try and pack out the place, which you, you might just be able to do on that, on that sort of hype train. Um, and, yeah, touch wood. Um, it should be a nice, easy start. And even, I mean, he hasn't taken charge. And I think the best atmosphere was before the Arsenal game with him doing that lap. Um, so it's all on him now. He's, he's been, even on all social media, it's like this guy is the saviour. Um, so hopefully he can deliver. I mean, Gillingham are in the bottom three in League Two. So oh, wow. imagine if we lose, man. Yeah. <laughs> They'll still be playing, though, the majority of the games, I'd imagine. So they could turn it around. Yeah, we had this discussion, yeah. didn't we, the other week? So football, your football league not having a break, they're carrying on. League one and league two are carrying on, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sad. Um, 
But I, I think I think it's a really good opportunity, especially the teams who are, who are left. There's a couple of big ties in there as well. So would you, I mean, do you, would you prioritise a cup run, Dave? I think you've got to. And I think you, you've got six six days until the next match as well. Yeah, it's not like it's, you know, uh, a couple of days away. So you might have players like Jimenez back. You'll have players that, I you know, it. I haven't got to, <laughs> I, you've got players that, you know, either have exited the World Cup early or, you know, or not been to the World Cup. I think it's a big, big chance. I, I would prioritise it. I think, um, obviously, there's there's part of you that wants to be cautious because you don't want to, you know, in an ideal world, I think a, a fringe squad should be able to, to, to beat Gillingham fairly comfortably. But at the same time, his first home game, you want to get goals, you know, score goals. I think you've got to prioritise it. Obviously, the priority should be staying in the in the Premier League, but if we can win this game, you get a favourable draw in the next round. Like I said, you, you, you know, two rounds away from a two-legged semi-final where anything can happen. And you've only got what one of the top six left, is it, or two? Well, you got City and Liverpool, but they're playing each other, aren't they? One's got yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure if the, the semi-final is just uh, it's not, two legs this not. year. Is it two legs no, this year? No. It was only one think, leg last year, wasn't it? I think I, I heard someone moaning that it was two legs this year, so I assume it is. I've not actually factually yeah. checked that, but yeah, yeah. Like you said, only a few wins from from Wembley, really. So I, I, for me, it'd be like, well, have a go in the Carabao. Maybe don't prioritise the FA Cup. Maybe that's when you make most of your changes because you know we've. I think we've been quite fortunate, really, with the draws we've had. Leeds made like quite a lot of changes, and Preston and Gillingham. We're not going to get that fortunate again in the FA Cup, but I think we should go full strength against Gillingham because it's going to instill a bit of confidence, isn't it? If, if Wolves get a convincing win on their first game under Lopetegui, no matter what the opposition is in front of a packed out Molyneux, you know you're going to go to Everton, who are absolutely garbage, who are sticking with Lampard for some reason. I said on the last podcast, I think they're in, I think they're banging trouble. You know, it's going to breed confidence for that game. So Don't say that. Uh, say they're brilliant if we're going off your curve. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> you know, they've, they've got an interesting player there at Everton that I'd like Lopetegui to have a look at in Jan. Okay. Could he play just in front of the back four? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could play like a PM, <laughs> number six. He's actually in the England squad as well, so he's got, got to have some calibre, you know. Although, it's just, just speaking of the boy... Um, there's a thing gone out today with um, Budweiser. I think it was it Lab Bible. Um, it's Sterling, Cody, and uh, Kyle Walker, and they're talking about whether Phil Foden's the most Walks. technically gifted player in uh, sorry Walk yeah, in yeah. Uh, in the uh, Razen Walks, and uh, and they're saying about <laughs> Phil Foden being the uh, the most technically gifted. And Sterling said Cody's up there, and he like looks at him, and he was like, "Oh no, when we played together in the under 18s in midfield, I'd never seen anything like it." So I was like. So we've lost a very oh. technically gifted player there for four minutes. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I can't see it. But they're they're like banging trouble, especially at the weekend against Portland. I mean, their fans don't take long take much to turn, but <laughs> looks like they have. But I, I think we might have players back anyway. When's uh, when's the last group game in the for Portugal? Second of December. Yeah, you you, you will. I don't, I don't the think fi- I'll obviously the finals two days before, but I don't think anyone any. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think any of our players will get to the final. So. I don't, I don't think they'll qualify mm. at the group. They've got, who they got? Uruguay in their group? And Uruguay, so Ghana and, and Korea. Korea I think they'll get. I think they'll, they'll get qualify. In, I don't, I, Bang I don't versus the boys. I didn't realise it. A lot of unrest. Bang. There's a lot of unrest in the Portugal camp at the minute. What, so. what are your thoughts on the Ronaldo situation, Dave and Finn, before we move on to the Arsenal game? Um, I think he's a bit mad. I'm a big Ronaldo fanboy, to be fair. But I think it is, it is <laughs> mad 
that you've done like an exclusive interview with a prick that is Piers Morgan as well. <laughs> and whilst you're still under contract at said club, that is mad. How much of a fan are you of Ronaldo? If he if he said he joined Wolves, I'd leave, I'd end this podcast now to go pick him up. Would so. you? Can you give us <laughs> yeah. a can you give us a sue? Yeah. Sue. <laughs> that was, you know, proper like shoo, shoo. Um, what's that was a wave by the way I didn't <laughs> oh, God, you're on one today mate yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the intro bloody hell you got to tell us what's your, thought, what's your thoughts on it Finn? mate it's not even out yet I know it will be when the podcast goes out on the Wednesday and I'm already bored of it I know you listen to talk sport a lot like me and it's all they've got to Every I mean, it's all they've got is, to talk. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm already sick of it and it, yeah literally still got two nights of the actual interview uh, he's going at Ginev, who's obviously my new best mate. So I didn't appreciate that. And um, and I, I just, I don't see when he's criticizing other club makes stupid decisions. He one was of those one was of those. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, you just make like, you're shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, he's going to get what he wanted, isn't he? He's going to be able to leave. Yeah. And I think he's tried with criticizing the Glazers to be like, oh, look, fans, I think what you think, but massively backfired. But also it's going to be, it's not like he's, rang Piers Morgan after like a heated argument with Man United. It's going to be like carefully considered by all his people. Our Uncle George. It's calculated. Well, he knows exactly yeah, what he's exactly. doing. Exactly. But uh, he's even talking about the chefs and stuff. Yeah. What are you coming to me for? Yeah. Yeah. What are you saying? Fuck 54. Wayne Rooney did that. Like he was like left bemused apparently. I saw the Sky Sports headline earlier. Like he couldn't believe it. He was just getting dragged. He couldn't even spell bemused. Never mind. Really. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a strange one. But into the next round of the Carabao Cup. But all came <laughs> crashing back down again. Um, I say crashing. I thought the performance against Arsenal was a bit better, to be honest, especially the first half. But before we, we actually talk about the game, Dave, Lopetegui's grand reveal. It, mm-hmm. The fans loved it, didn't they? I loved it, mate. It was class. I was in there a little bit earlier, and uh, yeah, it was class. He, you know, how, like even Nuno, like they'd come closer to the South Bank, but probably still stay a good like 20, 30 yards away. Mate, he was almost like on the byline. He was loving it, he, like <laughs> pounding his chest and everything. And I think um, on the video he did with uh, Gillian Balagay, like, he, he was on about it as well. Yeah, friend of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, he was loving it. It was class. And I think, you know, we brought the video. I think there's just straight away some sort of connection there. And you know how everyone's on about this connection between the manager and the fans? You get it. He, he's got it straight away. He gets it. And, and, and even with the players, there's something about him. And I think this is going to sound weird, but the way he interacts and touches the players like you know he's a bit touchy-feely but i think you know yeah yeah but i think people love people love that and you connect with that straight away and Mm. i think he's man management is going to be top and i think he's going to get the morale and the attitude of the players where it needs to be he gets it says steve 53 from bilston Bilston, yeah (laughs) might potentially have no hair but (laughs) respect (laughs) respect no i I get it though and it, it is that touchy feeliness. It's like, I mean, the, the Neves one, I always thought like, you know, when he speaks to someone, he's just got the, like, the, the your hand around the back of the head, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like it almost brings like a real togetherness. And, you know, we we could be talking out of our asses and the players might hate it and we might, we, we might not you do it. You've seen anything. the Adama one today as well? Yeah. Yeah, he looked yeah, another double hander, wasn't it? See, Adama, like, obviously seemed a bit awkward, but I think mm. with the attitude that Lopetegui's given him already, 
I don't know. I think Adama, obviously, I'm liking his performances at the minute. I'd love to see him like really kick on now, second half of the season, and obviously stay at the club. I think prior to Lopetegui joining, the chances of him staying at Wolves next year were almost zero. But with a Spanish manager in charge now, and with someone that knows what he's about, has full looks like he has belief in him. It'd be interesting to see if that situation changes. I don't. I think he'll go. I think he'll want more money elsewhere. Money that Wolves probably wouldn't give him. Hmm. So wait and see, see what happens. But Wolves lined up with a five-three-two. Finn um, Toti coming in. Which when I saw that, I thought, oh, fucking hell! Like this is going to be this is going to be <laughs> awful. I quickly realised that not one of Kilman or Collins had been dropped. I thought he'd gone four at the back with Toti. <laughs> I was thinking, oh boy, oh no, 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 I'm not looking to look at this. But do you think it gave us a bit more balance, Finn? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean. I listened to a thing, um, I think I had Gary Neville on again um, on Sky Sports, where he was saying about how 5-3-2 was his least favourite formation in, in football. Yet, for me, in recent memory, it's what's brought me the most like success and joy with the, the Jota-Jimenez combo. Um, but I was then trying to analyse how we were playing it, how um, Gary Neville was saying it allows the opposition, if they play a four, their full-backs. He was, he was actually talking about when um, Liverpool and Tottenham played the week before and how Robertson and Trent could just pin the wing-backs back, and I was worried it was going to happen to us. And, I mean, we kind of did that by design as well, by sitting in. Um, mm. But it worked well for what we wanted for that first half, kept them quiet. His, Totti's booking was, I mean, if you, it's ridiculous. it was ridiculous. But, you've, yeah, if you're going to give it, you've got to give the other one. I, mate, I, was, I knew I that straight away. Never, there was two Arsenal done, instances yeah. before then. I think early yeah. I'll keep the ball away, and then there yeah. was another one. It was and they were both basically the same defenses. place, yeah. And same I said... To the people next to me, I said, guaranteed, whatever tackle it is, Atwell will book our next foul. And he did straight away. I think there was two of them, wasn't there? I was there like, where's the standard? Like, no consistency yeah. whatsoever. And that, but on the reviews and fans react, I hate bringing up the referees because you'll always get a comment or someone moaning, it's like, why are you blaming the referees? But the last few that we've had, uh, Graham Scott last week and then Atwell, but no one, like, it's he, every time, he, sh- yeah. he shafted us before against Arsenal many years ago, remember? With the Millie was that when we had red cards, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and there again was just crap as well. And then, how I know he's uh, your family friend, Finn. How Mike Dean's not given that penalty as well, which I'm sure well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, have him. you had a word, Finn? <laughs> well, Jen was there at the yeah, Jen was there, so I said, right, text your mum and tell him, yeah, sort of that because yeah, I know we'll come on to, to the penalty. It's like, <laughs> I mean, uh, careful what I say because I might bump into him at the family barbecue. Um, but like, it's all right, you got a few months before that happens. So. <laughs> Barbecue, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. two foot in if I do see him. But, um, but the uh, like everything about that, are we right to go on to that decision now? We've sort of transitioned from the five, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, how, so um, what's, <laughs> what, what's the relation to Mike Dean for the listeners? It's uh, it's my girlfriend's friend, mum's best friend or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember, but he sent me a message for my birthday, but I'm gonna delete it now. Um, and <laughs> um, and he said he was going to subscribe to my channel, but he can keep it quite frankly, Mike. Chicken um, was a few decisions, yeah. <laughs> Give him the um, uh, but yeah, a few more decisions, and and we'll love him again. Um, but that decision, I think, I mean, I, I, in the ground, you sort of have your own opinion, but then you watch the Sky Sports footage after the game, and then you feel even angrier. But it was one of those ones where it hasn't even been implemented properly, has it? VR because they were saying they didn't even follow the correct protocol, so. Then you lose your anger from how did they not see it to how did they not even... It's, it goes back, and people always moan about this as well, like Dave said about refs, but if it was one of the top six, they spend five minutes off it on it because it's Wolves. It's, yeah, what was it, 20 seconds? Oh, it didn't give us time. They've kicked off. Like, come on. 
What? Did they bring it back for offside? Because I can't remember. I've had a few beers by this point. What I, I think he'd flagged, but they hadn't blown the whistle, obviously, for the penalty. But it was obviously a blatant penalty. It was right in front of me. Mm. And I thought, I, I mean, to go, oh, I knew exactly what was going on. But like, I was like, that is not offside. That's not offside. So I expected Purple to come up, at least check the offside and then check the pen. But they haven't quite made it clear what he did check. But it seems like they haven't che- I think they've checked the penalty, but then not checked with it. I don't know what they've done. But the people that could see and hear what was going on were saying they haven't followed it correctly, like the commentators. So. Yeah, because I think, I'm sure people will tell me in the comments if I'm wrong, but I think what had happened is, obviously you've gone through one goal, it's a penalty, but they've gone, they've stuck with the decision that it's offside. But it's not offside. So, yeah. and it's it's as clear as day for a penalty, and you could argue it's a red card because he's not tried to play the ball. I know his last time in the box, mm. but it'll be, a, it'll be a red. You know, Arsenal fans will. After the the uh, the David Damn was it the David yeah. Louise one? Carl, they, they, oh yeah, they, I'm they, sure is. Yeah. yeah, they still don't <laughs> understand that it's a sending off. Like, oh, it pieces me off. Uh, yeah, but he, he's tried to play the ball. He's moved out the way. Yeah. <laughs> he's moved out the way. So that's not trying to play the ball. Um, but yeah, it's a sending off as well, isn't it, Dave? It's just an absolute fucking shambles. It's it's, yeah, it's a shit show. How can we how can we not follow the protocol and the process of these decisions? We've had VAR now for what three years. I reckon I reckon Mike Dean's having a sip of tea or something whilst that incident is happening because so busy sending Vin uh, voice notes or doing his <laughs> doing his cameos. Celebrity referee. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I think like Finn said, you know, when it's when it's the the top side, you know, but that's you know, game changing decision, clear and obvious decision. Um you score, you know, red card for the opposition, a clear cut chance for us to score from a penalty. You know, you won the up against 10 men then. And the way we defended for the majority of the game wasn't too bad, you know. And come the end of the season, you know, it could be three points between Arsenal winning the league and not winning the league or us having three points from staying up or going down, you know. And, and it's frustrating that there's decisions like that. And when it's twat well in charge, absolutely useless. <laughs> Do you think it changed the game, though? Like, honestly? Yeah. Okay. If card, I go down to 10 yeah. men, for sure, yeah. For sure. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, I had to leave it. I had to leave it in my FPL, and I was screaming for the red card. Like, yeah, hundred yeah, sure. percent would have changed. Yeah, do you think we'd have would have won? We'll I never know, Matt. We'll <laughs> never, <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. <laughs> it's just it's just frustrating, is it? And when you're down there, those are the things that go against you. But that's not bad luck. That's just incompetence. Like. Yeah. It's, it's, That's why you just... feel uh, Steve Davis got a lot of stick, and there are times like yes, I think he made bad decisions like the game against Palace and so on, but stuff like that and stuff like you know the Brighton game where a couple of the decisions went against us, like it is it is frustrating for him as a manager as well, I suppose. Mm. I mean nil nil though half time Finn. I don't know about you, but I went in fairly happy. Arsenal had a, you know two or three chances, but they're going to because they're they're a top side. But I felt like it was. Quite an even game. I think if you'd have said to me before, like you don't know the position of these two teams, I'd say that Arsenal were the better side, but I wouldn't say that we were bottom of the league. No, no, not at all. It's sort of reminiscent of our old school performances against top six teams. The only real threat was that one offside goal, which was taken brilliantly, and it reminded you of the the quality we were up against. But apart from that, didn't feel too threatened. As you say, I was happy at half time until I then saw the penalty replay on the screen and was fuming again. Um, but. Yeah, largely very happy. 
thought that we could take that on into the second half. I can't even remember. What was the first, second goal? Was the what was the first goal? Um, they were both very similar. Very where similar, they yeah. like both came from the right hand side and we like you know down the byline again. Oh, it was Vieira, wasn't it? Yeah, Vieira to Odegaard. Mm. So that yeah, none of that had happened in the first half. I don't know what really changed second half, but yeah, it, it, it just always feels inevitable, doesn't it? Even though I was happy with that first half. Yeah, it, you never have that real, like like we'd have old school, that real belief that we could get yeah. some out of the game. It is it's sad. I've never, ever seen a team shit themselves so much in each box. As yeah, much as Wolves. Oh, oh Wolves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Arsenal. Honest, honest <laughs> to God. Well, as soon as someone gets into the 18-yard box um, from a wide position, our defenders, it's like they have a factory reset. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. Any, and it's you know all the all the goals. I feel like every single goal we conceded this year looks the same. Mate, I'm <laughs> trying to think the Brighton the goals. Yeah, the Brighton right. winner the and those two Arsenal goals yeah. would be the same. You know, I noticed yeah. as well. First half especially, um, they were trying deep crosses towards yeah. Semedo. So Ben White was picking the ball up a lot and mm. pinging it quite like towards the back far post. And Semedo, like I said earlier, he had a good game. He just. He, he was on it a lot more, pressing a lot better um, and dealt with those situations a little bit more as well. I think Collins gave him a little bit more protection there, to be fair. Um, and I think that was helped, obviously, with playing a back five as well. But same, the opposite end of the pitch, Matt. First half, we had chances. I think Guedes had such a busy game that I think you'll speak to some people and think he played well and speak to other people and think he played crap. Because mm. we saw that even, obviously, me and Matt, we went out afterwards, didn't we, um, to, to Wolverhampton. And, and, you know, you got a lot of drunk Wolves fans there. Some saying we're going down, some saying Gwedders is shit. Um, but I actually thought he had, that was one of his best games in a Wolves shirt. Um, but he had the one chance, I think, first half, which he plays over the bar. The second half one was, I think he flicked it over the guy's head. Yeah. And then he faked it and then lost the ball after the fake. A confident striker or forward it's would it. hit that straight away. And I think that's just the, the difference, those margins at the minute. You say you had people talking to about Geddes and going up, going down. I had something a little bit different. So I was walking through Warhampton City Centre and some lad, I don't know who he is, screamed in my face, Matt Cooper, your shit as a party is well clear. Um, <laughs> I'd, like to thank, I'd like to thank Adrian as a party for comments. <laughs> little £10 bung. And I was like, yeah. thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> you almost had them blokes start on us in spoons for no reason whatsoever. Oh, God, he's just idiots, right? Uh, I, I, don't, I never go out in Wolverhampton, and there's a reason why. And that, that was it. It's a bit far as well. But I still had, you know, still had a, a little. You brought the average age uh, up in Grain Store, Wolverhampton as well. So. Yeah, it's a bit seedy in there, isn't it? But Dave, Dave's coming out next Friday to Birmingham because we were going to the, the fan park. Oh, the fan uh, park. This is what I'm aware about. You reckon well. I'll look like a twat wearing this? I mean, if you, if you look like one now, you certainly will out in yeah. town on Friday. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> No, I wouldn't wear that. I'm, well, I'm hoping the bet mate lads will send us some merch. Um, I'm sure get down very well in the chat earlier, so maybe I'll ask again. But do do we really want to be cutting around Dig Buff in bet mate jumpers? We absolutely do. So Ryan, Scott, Deck, if you're listening, <laughs> nice us up. But yeah, it's uh, it's just frustrating, like you said, Dave. It's that confidence as well. It's trying to overplay it, especially with the likes of Gedge. But I, I actually. I think there's a real player there to be unlocked. And people may think, like, how have you seen that from 
what we've seen this season, but I, I do. And I feel like we just underutilise absolutely everyone. Like, there's rumours that Chelsea are in for Semedo, which I don't believe is true. But even if he goes to Chelsea, he's going to be like a world beater. Like, mm. I just feel like that's that's the case. But The last um, week, Geddes has been, he's been good. I think yeah. the, the confidence levels are there. And like I said, he had a busy game, so he had good moments, but he also had a lot more bad, bad moments. But I'd rather him be getting into the positions where he's on the ball and making things happen, whether he wins wins or loses it, because it shows that he's changing as a player and he's trying to get some more confidence. I think someone yeah. like Lopetegui will get the best out of him as well. And two performances for me who um, were outstanding. Firstly, Hugo Bueno, but secondly, Vibicard Traore. I thought they were both excellent Let's talk about bueno first Finn. for such a young lad he he's his play is so balanced and he's he's so confident on the ball even like you know you, you may find some young fullbacks who just want to do the basics and just you know don't stray too far forward but he's got he's got a set of bollocks on him hasn't he yeah exactly when you say that about keeping it simple yeah most young fullbacks would have just right i've i've defended well against saka here who I don't particularly rate, but um, people have him up here and he's kept him quiet. But then to also, I mean, he took him out, skinned him a few times, was really adventurous, didn't exactly keep it simple, as you say. So really, really impressed. I think those two stood out massively um, as two perform as much as you can in a 2-0 loss. But yeah, clearly like joint man of the match, those two. But yeah, um, Bueno, 8-Nori. I think 8-Nori had a great performance in the Leeds game as well. Probably our, our best Stuck mm. stack position at the moment. So if one of them was right footies, that would be really handy at the moment. But unfortunately not. But yeah, we're, we're spoiled for choice there. Really impressed with both of them. Yeah, Dave and, and Bubakar Traore, one of the be- best players on the pitch, for, even for Arsenal and um, Wolves. I thought he was, he was absolutely everywhere. A, a threat offensively, um, pressed ex. Excellently, defensively sound. Going to choke everywhere. on water, so carry on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, yeah, he's he's like I said. Ever since he's broken into the team, he's been really, really good. Um, and he's one of those players just on the ball. Sometimes he looks like really awkward, and he shouldn't he shouldn't be Very as good on the ball as he is. Yeah, yeah. But there was a certain run. I think he got the pass or the cross that led to the penalty shout, didn't he? In the first half, there was just moments where, like, physically and the speed on the ball. He did the old uh, Finnell note, I mean, the double R1 on, uh, I think it was in Schenk, a little bridge past uh, one of the Arsenal players who tapped the ball around him and then beat him for pace. And it's just like, like really, really good and a proper box-to-box midfielder performance, which Wolves have really lacked. And if we can have a lot, the rest of the team with that sort of confidence on the ball, I think we'll, we'll have a real shout in the second half of the season. I don't want Wolves to pull the trigger too early in terms of his purchase no. option because he's only starred for three or four games. And I don't want to have, you know, the Huang, you know, instance again. And they did yeah. the exact same thing with Tongo Doombia as well back in the day. He was uh, unbelievable. They had about two good games and then was never fit again. So <laughs> I think, you know, you've got the option in next, for next summer. Use it then. See what he can bring for the rest of the season. Um, but the signs, the early signs are that he's a really, really good um, sort of raw, but still really talented footballer. He's, I think he's the dynamism that we've all been asking for though isn't it like we've, we've all identified that mold of midfielder is what we've we've needed since we come up really they create still... a great balance in the midfield as well yeah i, I think oh, what was the game before it might be the leicester game where martinio nunez and neves started and they were all over the place as a mm. midfield three 
And I think the thing with Triore is that it'll be everywhere for you. And he just adds, it just looks so much, even just looking at it in, in a, st- a yeah. still image, the midfield just looks balanced straight away with him in the team. I, th- I think a, a midfield three of Neves, Nunes and um, and Traore. That's, I would worry. Really, well, we've not seen it yet properly, you know. That well against Arsenal, the last like five ten minutes, it was yeah. good. But like Nunes is really dynamic as well, isn't he? But probably a tiny little bit more. Technical. I don't know. Like from what from what I've seen, I've been more impressed with Traore because it takes a, the game by the scruff of the neck and, and goes for it. But yeah, I agree, though, mate. And I, I think we're far too easy to play around when it's uh, Matinho, Neves, and, and Nunes because it's. I mean. Matinho was the most dribble pass player in his first year. Wolves in the Premier League. I can't even imagine what it what it's like now. Saw a stat earlier about Matinho. He was on, you know, the other uh, is it outside the uh, seven or yeah, the other fourteen. Yeah, and he, he was he was quite high on something. I don't know exactly. Chances exactly. created, I think. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's there's still a place for him though. But you can't be playing him week in week out. And I think I he has to when, accept that one. Yeah, and when we saw that the the Portugal. Squad he wasn't in there. I said to you, Dave, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he went in January. Because he, well, he won't want the relegation on his CV. He's probably looking at Saudi, Saudi Arabia and thinking that's a bit of me. But yeah. I don't think he'll I don't think he'll be playing after after this year, do you? Not at Wolves anyway. No, I think he'll leave at the end of this year. I think there's still a place for him, you know. Yeah. Who knows? You know, Lopetegui might put him in a role that that, that suits him uh, in his current physical state, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It Who could, was that uh, old geezer that was in midfield when we played? That Ava was Benega. it, yeah. What a baller. Be the new Ava what Benega, a baller. Yeah. <laughs> and Sevilla beat us, yeah. Yeah, he's so good. He's still, I think he's still playing. He's in Saudi as well, I think. Yeah. Or he was, at least. Yeah, he's a, he's a proper player. You know, that. this is a proper random uh, tangent. We played Reading in the Carabao a couple of years ago. You know, when like Jordao and Sheraton Shabani Charlie played. Adam. Mate, that's who I'm Charlie Adam, yeah. There was just one random bowl bloke just stood in the midfield for Reading, did not move. He was in the centre circle the whole game. I was like, who is this guy? Because I've, he got put a load of weight on, had yeah. no hair. Mate, he just stand on the centre in the centre circle, would not move. But like to be fair to him, he was that's pinging insane, passes yeah. around for joke. It was like a proper Sunday league performance from him. But <laughs> the Perlo yeah. role though, isn't it? Though yeah. what Neves does excellently. Like I know there's a bit more to his game, but Neves doesn't really move that much. No. It's more lateral, isn't it? It's more side to side. So, yeah. but I, I don't think we can stress enough Finn, the importance of this World Cup break. Now it's it's like no other season we've had. We've got almost a pre-season with a new manager. Um, mm. Still, I think there's like seventy-two points to play for still, or seventy-three points, something like that. I don't know. Does seventy-two go into three? I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So yeah, seventy-two. So, Finn, how important is this World Cup break for us and, and our, our survival? Massively. I think it's going to benefit us the most of, of any club in the Premier League. And um, I did hear someone, I think it was on talks for earlier, saying that we've completely, we're going to have no new manager bounce. Like, we, you don't get that instant one, maybe. As in, you know, like, sort of even they're just going off pure adrenaline, not even tactics, yeah. just like, oh, we're finally free. So, we are losing that. But no, yeah, as you say, it's basically a new pre-season. It sort of reminds me of when when Newcastle were taken over around a similar time. I think they were on four or five points at the time, and they ended up finishing above us, like uh, mid table. So, um, mm. if we can go on a run, um, I, I back us too. Lopetegui's uh, filling me with a lot of confidence. He's talking the talk. So yeah, hopefully he's now got a month to uh, to then be able to walk the walk afterwards. So yeah, it, it, brilliant timing really. But what it sort of Wolves have also worked around it as well, haven't they? They've done it like this because we've got this 
break. So it's chicken and egg, but yeah, it's worked really well. Mm. And I think uh, it feels like a breath of fresh air, and I just hope he can turn it around. And I, I think he will. I, I feel confident that he can. Um, and hopefully, with the murmurs that are coming out, you know, John Percy reported that Wolves have to, have to back him in January, and I said they are. It just depends mm. what what we mean by back. But before mm. we move on, we talk about the bet mate pot. So Jordan placed, and so did Finn. Um, so George finished eleventh, winning sixteen pound, and Finn finished twenty ninth. Um, Did I place? Yeah, you, you play. You placed about twenty ninth. Oh, but the in. winner was um, Amy at sixty eight. Who? And I'm a bit. I don't know how he's done it. Ben, who it's Ben, my mate, who who I work with, um, his father, and I spoke to Ben about bet mate, and he's like, "Oh, that sounds good because you know he likes a bet." And he went, "I'll get and see what my dad thinks." That was his dad's first ever go on bet, mate, and he's won the pot, won 250 wow. quid off a fiver. And then he played a game the next day, and I think he won 100 and something. So on his first two games, he's, he's won over, I think he's won over like 350 quid, which I asked him earlier, I said, is your dad like knowledgeable about football? And he went, no, not really. <laughs> he went, doesn't really know any of the new players. He just picked people who, who he's heard of. So perhaps Great that's captain shout. He had heard a goal captain. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah he's got... He's got the ex- well, no, he's got one player different to me, but yeah, it's the captaincy. Very well played, sir. Yeah, and I, you know what? Who was his vice captain, Dave? Was it another midfielder? I think it was Hayes. Uh, no, Neves, yeah, centre mid. You know what he's done? They're the default captains, aren't they? I reckon he's just left them. Yeah, yeah, in the mid, yeah. So, beginner's look, eh? Beginner's look, yeah, yeah, beginner's look. But obviously, no bet mate pots for um, a few weeks in the Premier League, but they will have a load of pots on for the World Cup every single game. So if you are interested, use our link in the description down below for a £5 free bet when you do stake a cash bet. But also bet mate are crowdfunding as well. So um, this is your chance to become a bet mate investor for as little as £10. I said on the last podcast, £10 a month. Um, that's not true. It's actually just... Uh, uh, from ten pounds, so investment. So it's essentially like um, uh, stocks. If anyone's got like a trading two one two account where you can invest in particular companies, um, that's what Bet Might are doing. But the lads have told us um, with with you know we can gain equity in the company like a normal investment. But with this, there'll also be rewards for investment. So monthly free bets, hoodies, t shirts, um, hospitality tickets to a Premier League game based on how much we invest. But of course, with this, your um, your equity, uh, your capital is at risk. So, with that, and of course, we're playing bet, mate. Please gamble aware. But we're looking forward to next week, aren't we? They're going to um, the fan park, secret yep. space in Digba for the for the England game on Friday. Bet, mate, lads, who are uh, uh, partnering. Are they going to be there as well? Uh, I think Ryan maybe potentially, but yeah. it's uh, they've asked, asked us to go down. So a, a big thank you. And- I'm looking forward to meeting uh, Mark Lawrence. Yeah, oh, Mark Lawrence is hosting it, and apparently we'll be in the uh, the VIP with Mark Lawrence. Labash, um, you'll be asking for can pictures. You ask him, can you ask him about? Uh, have you heard his um thingy going viral again today on the Lampard non-goal against Germany? I didn't realize it was him on commentary as well. Funny. What did he say? He's like he's he's basically like any England fan, but he's just like screaming down the he's mic enough. like, "This is what FIFA didn't want: technology." <laughs> I, I, I like. I didn't. I didn't dislike Mark Lawrence. To be fair, I used to like him on uh, like match of the day. Did you? You know, every week on BBC he does predictions, right? I think Laro mm. predicts or something. Love and that. I remember it, I'm talking like four or five years ago now. 
They said if you put all these predictions like together in a league table, Liverpool would have finished unbeaten, like won every single game. <laughs> like you just predicted them to win every week. So yeah. And that's when like, the red got like, shit as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure it was like probably Brendan Rogers' days, man. <laughs> it's 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 not as good as um oh, Garth Crooks' team of the week. Garth, that oh, is special. Yeah, that is special. He plays about stuff, seven like. strikers, doesn't he? Something mad. Troy Dean, he sent holding midfield. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what a helmet! What a helmet! Um, but something else I'm looking forward to as well, boys. And Finn is involved in this one. Finn can't come to the fan bar because he's sunning himself in Mexico, doing his um, his preseason warm weather training camp, I believe. Yeah, um, so but much, this much better Friday. <laughs> this one, yeah. So this coming Friday is the Molyneux sleepout, uh, and it's something we've been really excited to do for for the past few weeks. Before we we get into it, though, a huge thanks to people who have who have donated since the, since the last podcast. So I believe uh, since the last podcast, big thanks to Chris Ward, Andrew Gribben, uh, Richard Lovett, Paul Morris, who's I believe Finn's old man. Sheila and John Morris, who I believe is Finn's uh-huh. grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the comment is make sure you stay warm, Finn. Kiss. Mm. Um, and a big oh, I didn't shout out about that. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> and a big shout out to Tetanol Fireplace Curse. I don't know who they are. Oh, yeah. Um, Where's he put the business name for? <laughs> yeah. Give him a this, that's Dave's dad who's, who's donated as well. That's probably uh, coming but, out of my wages, by the way. Yeah, tax right <laughs> off. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and also gift aid as well. So Respect uh, aid. Definitely a respect gift. aid. There you go. Um, but we, we've smashed our target now. We, we set you know we, we set a target of £300, £100 each, but we're at 174% of the target, which is £524. But if anyone has got a, a, fair, um, a spare few coins that they want to part ways with, of course, you know, I'll... Times are tough at the minute. Um, Dave, I'll leave the uh, the link in the description to the Just Giving down below. Um, but this week, Dave actually caught up with Tom Warren from the Walls Foundation to discuss the sleep out and the great cause that we're all raising money for. So then, yeah, I'm sat alongside Tom, who's the Senior Manager at Walls Foundation. Tom, how are you? Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good, all good. We're talking about the Molyneux sleep out. I can't believe how quick it's come about again. It's the third one, is it, I believe? Yeah, third, third, yeah, third in the stadium, and then fourth, including the one that we did online, which obviously was a little bit different. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah it felt yeah since last year. So I don't know. I thought my bones are still cold since then. But <laughs> here, we, here we go again. No, I did the one in twenty nineteen. Really enjoyed it. To be fair, and looking forward to to doing it again. But obviously, a lot of our listeners would have seen it on social media, heard it on our podcast. But what exactly is the Molyneux sleep out? And what who are we fundraising for? Um, it's exactly what it says in the team release, which is basically the opportunity to I call it an opportunity to sleep in the stand at the stand in the stand colis. Um, yeah, so everyone who takes part essentially just comes opportunity to build your own camp, um, bring whatever cardboard you want and your sleeping bags, and yeah, make yourself a bit of a fort for the evening. Um, there's a few like kind of guest speakers and everything going on on the night. Um, and then yeah, I think we're so it's fundraising obviously for who I work for, so Wolf Foundation. So we're mm-hmm. the, obviously. The official charity of the football club um and obviously the good shepherd who are a charity just over the road from molyneux that are a partner of ours that we work really closely with so we've worked really closely with them for all the four times we've done the sleep out um raised a lot of really good funds which obviously that's the main point of the whole thing really it, it, as much it's there to raise awareness of homelessness and the work which the foundation does and the good shepherd does but on top of that it is a fundraising event and it's there to raise funds towards both charities essentially 
Yeah, and, and I mean, how important are these sort of events? Obviously, you've got the Molyneux Sleep Out, we've got the Feed the Pack scheme, which is, or Feed Our Pack scheme, which is doing so well. How important are, are these for, you know, not just the city of Wolverhampton, but across the whole of the UK? They're huge. I think that's that's the whole thing, really. I mean, obviously, with charities, we're there to make a difference on what our aims and objectives are. I think the foundation's got, you know, a real clear strategy of the difference which we want to make into Wolverhampton. And the Good Shepherd's got, you know, a clear strategy of what they want to do. So all the money that gets raised and all that profile raising is only going to be a positive thing for us. Because if more people can be aware of the work that we do, then, you know, that might be, I don't know, someone might, someone might listen to this podcast and might be the first time I've heard about the foundation and they might engage with us and learn about the projects which we deliver and that might then be something which might benefit them or a member of their family or someone they know um, and similar for the Good Shepherd I mean you know the Good Shepherd offers so many services on top of your support of homelessness and your support of people that are experiencing food poverty and the same with the foundation you know we, we deliver you know over 40 different projects which can affect which target anybody from a baby up to someone that's you know, elderly. I think our oldest yeah. participant's ninety-four now. So wow. you know, there's a, there's benefits for both organisations, really. Mm, definitely, and I know um, Matt mentioned it on our podcast a, a number of times. But at the sleep out, obviously, there are still facilities that we can use toilets, obviously. I think hot drinks as well. Sleeping bags. I saw something in a tweet about sleeping bags. What's what's the deal with those as well? I, I mean, it's, I think it's a case of bringing your own. We've got we've got we've got a few which um, one of our charity partners has provided us with, which are yeah. just kind of like branded ones. But I think you know, it, it's to, I think it's to try and make the experience as well as you can. I think we're quite lucky yeah. that there's, there's a big difference with the sleep out. And obviously, yeah, you, you know, you're sleeping on you're sleeping outside, you're sleeping on mm -hmm. concrete with cardboard and whatever you want. Um, the big the big difference which I I which Last year, I probably shouldn't give this away. Last year was the first one that I'd actually done, kind of like properly. Yeah. Um, and the big difference is, uh, you know, you feel safe. You still know that you know you, you're getting up at six o'clock in the morning. And you've got a, you've got a home to go to. You've got a bed to go to. You've got, you know, all of that stuff which you get from being at home. And it's recognizing mm -hmm. that the people that are homeless in the city have don't have that. You know, they get yeah. up and then what do they go and do? That? What do they go and do afterwards? Yeah. Um, they might not have a sleeping bag they might not have anything so we're quite lucky that uh, i think last year i ended up walking over to asda at like 11 o'clock and buy myself another <laughs> buy myself another pillow yeah but you know it, recognizing they don't have that so it, everyone that turns up you know just bring whatever you need to make yourself safe retail yeah. have given us a load of cardboard which people can have um, <laughs> and yeah just the way we go from that really now, how many people do you think are getting involved so far is it too late I, for I anyone to join in no, no, I think there's still a few tickets available. I think we're aiming for 150, which is about which is about the cap for how many we can have. Yeah. Um, obviously, because we use the stand curly slower, but obviously it's not like you have, not like you have an individual seat. We're kind of giving yeah, one yeah. bit of a row. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of it, it's just it's just rock up. I think it's about, about seven o'clock. There's a few kind of guest speakers, a few special guests that are coming. Um, yeah, opportunity to make a camp. There's a the kiosks open for everyone to go and get yourself a brewing hot chocolate, and then yeah bed down for the night i think last last year you say lights out it's, it's, uh, naturally there's people that are chatting most of the night but that's fine yeah. again that's life yeah. um yeah but yeah no it, it genuinely is a really good event it's a chance to kind of network and speak to people that are like-minded and you know there to do a good thing and for fundraise so it genuinely is a really really good event um so yeah actually really looking forward to it so if if anyone wants to get involved, is it on the Wolves ticket page that they uh, they can grab a ticket? Yeah. So yeah. So what? Just Wolves ticketing. Simple as that. Go on there, search more on new sleep out. And obviously, I would just encourage as well as that. You know, if you can't take part and and join us, then please obviously fundraise. Please be someone mm -hmm. that supports somebody else that's taking part. Like I said, it is it is a fundraising event. It's there to 
raise money and obviously understanding that times are tight at the moment so understanding if, if people have got any spare anything spare that they can do then brilliant um but as much as times are tight for fundraisers times are tight for the people which we engage with and the good shepherds engage with you know that whether it's a fiver a fiver provides a couple of hot meals for a family you know it's, yeah. it, and that's what that's what i think fundraising is really important about with what who we are and what the good shepherd are it's recognizing that any of that fund that gets raised goes straight to the people that need it most and straight into whether it's the projects which we deliver which obviously are wide ranging or the projects and the good shepherd does and the good shepherd you know it's not just recognizing homelessness it's trying to not just put a plaster on a problem it's recognizing that actually trying to fix a problem and whether that's yeah. you know providing someone there's reasons people are homeless you know it's whether because not got not got a job or not got anything like that so the good shepherd will do support with people find their job support on how to get open a bank account all this type of stuff is what gets you out of poverty yeah. um provided providing food and food parcels on the day are just only good enough for that day aren't they so mm -hmm. it's about what we can do going forward on kind of the week on to get that person out of the situation they're in um and hopefully obviously people on the people on the night will learn about that but hopefully by you know you only have to research the foundation of good Japan to see the wide-ranging work which we do which hope, yeah. hopefully should encourage people to donate what they can yeah, you mentioned it earlier on as well to finish off if people want to get involved in the foundation whether that's you know volunteering or whatever what's the best way for them to do that uh, get a number of ways really obviously biggest thing i'd say is just follow us on social media um uh, we've got obviously all our all our social accounts so twitter instagram facebook at wwfc foundation or google us on the search us on the world website our new strategy is just launched which is on there which hopefully gives everyone a bit more understanding in terms of what we're trying to do and the scale of the work which we do or you know get in touch um foundation at wolves.co.uk or tom warren at wolves.co.uk get in touch with me and i'll point in the direction of the right people because you know people have got different things which they engage with which they want to mm -hmm. support you know people if people want to support with food poverty we can do that if it's support with a mental with a mental health project we can do that it's such we do deliver such wide-ranging work and the idea being that you know we'd like to signpost people in the directions which they want to be involved with recognizing that the foundation's so big we're not expecting people to do everything um, there's loads of people can get, in, get involved with and volunteering so important with us it's a way of giving back uh, we're now working with you know local 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 companies like the british gas that are giving up days of their staff time to come and engage with the foundation do wow. work for us and that's yeah. so, again that's so powerful because again mm -hmm. more more manpower more money just means more impact to the people of wolverhampton that need us really yeah no fantastic really looking forward to the model news sleep out on friday tom appreciate you taking your time to sit down with us to uh talk a little bit more about it uh i'll just give him pages in the description of the podcast as well but if anyone else uh sees the walls foundation wants to donate a little bit of money feel free to do so but yeah tom thank you very much i'll speak to you soon thanks mate i'll catch you friday yeah will do Big fan to Tom Warren there from the Walls Foundation for giving us his time and we're all very much looking forward to doing this on Friday. Like I said, if you have got any any money you'd like to donate, I'm sure Dave will leave the description to the Just Giving page um, in the description down below. And a big thanks to those who have already donated. Right then, chaps, question time. So thanks for all who sent the questions in on Twitter today. They've got some really good questions. I'll start with the first one from official F3W. Um, Dave, should we change formation? Um, I think Lopetegui's always stuck with his 4 3 I don't think he'll shy away or change from that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he took any was inspiration, let's say, from the the five slash three at the back he would have seen on Saturday. Um, but I think it'll be a 4 3 3 still. And it can work. We've seen, you know, I think with the right coach and the right players, I think 4 3 3 can work. It's just. 
defensively, obviously, we're being a lot more leaky whilst we're still not scoring goals. So, yeah, I, I don't think he'll shy away from the 4 3 3 anyway. What do you reckon, Finn? I agree with Dave on that, but on should, I do think if you brought in another centre half and went 5 3 2, I think we stay up. Um, but yeah, I probably agree with Dave and that realistically, he's probably going to go with the 4 3 3. And if he coaches what he knows, I'm, I back him as well. So, quite happy to stay. Amar's Music Show has asked, every manager has their preferences for players, but do you think there will be any surprise inclusion slash exclusions for every game time? Joe Hodge. Um, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what what who he brings in. I don't know. I think everyone at the moment in such a small squad is getting quite a lot of game time, aren't they? Or a fair amount of game time. I, I can't see anyone other than the normal players Getting, getting a shout. I think even Hugo Bueno might step it up and be a big part of him, a uh, big part of his plans. Um, but I think we'll see signings come in as well and get integrated quite quickly into the team. I think the biggest thing for me in terms of, I know you said exclusions, is if anyone's let go, any senior players mm. are let go. Mm. Um, I would be quite intrigued to see what happens there. Doesn't look like Neves will be going, thankfully. I don't think Nevers will go. It might just, whether you class it as a surprise, players like Jimenez or anything like that, whether they're let go. Um, I can't, there's not really, it's been quite quiet in terms of rumours and so on. And I think I'm hoping that the the players that we've got now have got the attitude that they want to get stuck in. They want to prove, you know, support a new manager. I want to prove these fans that they aren't the team that, that or aren't, a, you know, players or a team that should be sat at the foot of the Premier League table. Yeah, yeah. What what do you reckon, Finn? Yeah, on inclusions, there isn't really much room, as Dave said, for for much of a surprise. Because everyone's in and around uh, exclusions. I'm trying. Yeah, if he does exclude anyone, he has got that month to then be able to just sell them instead of just have like a surprise player suddenly rotting on the bench for the rest of the season. I can't. I think most players in there is there is potential to work with them. Like I think he's going to fancy Adama. I think he's going to. You've only really got four midfielders for three space, but as you say, you've got Joe Hodge that he might take a shine to. Then you might see Martinez, as we said, hardly get any football. You think he's going to have to work with Nunes, even though we haven't been as impressed with him. You can't just sort of exclude a £45 million signing. So there isn't much room on either front unless, he, as you say, we get signings in and a few go out the door. But it's because we're not necessarily changing formation. All players are going to be in those same places. And there's not really a regular bench player, is there, at the moment? Like Pedence, Guedes, Adama, they all sort of rotate. Yeah, I don't know. I can't see a player where you think, oh, he's not going to fancy him, really. I don't know. Mm, it'd be interesting to see what he does with Adama because typically he's not his mm. kind of player. But yeah, I, I think he, I mean, maybe even reading a, bit, a little bit too much of the video, but I think he feels like he's a player that we can really utilise. Project, yeah. Um, I think with but, Adama, and we've said it before, I think he's probably one of those players, or one of the very few players in world football that every manager would love to, to at least have a go at least coaching. the squad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think they just want. I think everyone that's worked with him thinks, right? I want, I want to be the man that can get the best out of Adama Traore, and we yeah. saw it for one season under Nuno, and I'll be really intrigued to see to see how he goes under Lopetegui. Port Portum Wolf has asked if we do get relegated, and he's put in brackets which we won't, um, which is positive. No. Is there any chance at all that Lopetegui um, stays? I think so. I think even if we go down, he'll stay. Don't what you guys think. I'd be intrigued to see what... I think I, I compared it to the Benitez situation, didn't I? Last week, you know, with Benitez joining Newcastle. 
I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see if it happens. Um, it, I think it completely depends on the sort of morale and atmosphere with the fans. I think if the fans turn on him and the football shit, um, then I don't. I think there's a small chance of it happening. Um, but I'd be interested to see what happens. But like like he said, yeah. I hope it doesn't. Yeah, it's reassuring that he was going to do it in the first place, wasn't it, in the Championship? But that is before... Real Madrid, Spain and European trophies. So I do think he's not good enough. But you've seen like Rafa Benitez do it and he'd won a lot of big trophies as well. So fingers crossed. But yeah, it won't get to that, I'm sure. Adrian has asked, will Raul stay or go? Sounds like Lopetegui is not happy with his attitude. Tell you what doesn't happen as well is his missus keep tweeting about it. <laughs> I know that tweet you sent me earlier, Day. It's just like, it's not helping, is it? No, we, but we've had this from day one with Jimenez. I know Finn won't want to hear it, but... When yeah, when he's got linked with Man U and then he's talking to the Mexican press and oh yeah it's classy and like Man U being linked to me and stuff I was like what are you what are you doing just you know um, but yeah the whole the whole like, we've said it for the last two or three weeks I think we keep talking about it we don't know the full situation and I don't know whether that to blame that on the club uh, or whether to blame it on Jimenez because I think you know we personally I don't think both parties probably haven't gone about it in the right way. It's a um, disaster. Yeah, so uh, I don't know whether it, but Lopetegui's comments—it obviously sounds like he's not impressed with the whole situation. But I think there's still a chance that he might not actually be in the squad. Uh, I know he's he's in the squad, but he may squad, well yeah. be withdrawn if he's, he's meant to get minutes to, tomorrow. Today, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, against Sweden. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The the tweet that I'm talking about is someone has. Um, put the clip up of Lopetegui talking about Jimenez in the press conference, which is what we just discussed about. And Jimenez's missus has replied with the face palm emoji and the crying face, uh, like crying laughing face. So I, I just thought, it's some, I don't know, just, just, just keep quiet. But if you look at his Instagram posts, um, all, all the comments are like Mexicans saying like, why are you doing this? You're finished. Like why, why, why are you taking up space in the squad? So it's I don't amazing. think he can, I don't think he can win, but I think we, we've like Dave said we've seen this before, haven't we? Like we've when when he went through a purple patch, you've got his alpha that's working for Juventus in the Mexican press. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's, um, it's it's not great, but I, I think the silence has been deafening in terms of coming out of walls because perhaps and you know for me it looks like he wants to focus on getting fit for the World Cup and that's just an assumption I don't know that but the fact Wolves haven't come out and really addressed it just almost adds fuel to that yeah it I think we've got to be careful as well because now the like mental health has been bandied about so we don't actually know what's going on is that the reason mm. for everything being silent I, I don't know anything um so but I, I do worry but then also I don't think people will blame fans for speculating as you say when we've been starved of any information on it we're just seeing from afar that now, magically, all of a sudden, he could get minutes tomorrow after. Oh, no, no chance he'll play for Wolves. He's injured. Um, I've just checked as well on that tweet that you mentioned. The the reporter that she replied to was the one that used to do the Spanish commentary for Wolves, like he was hired by Wolves. Um, so it's sort of all oh, very... Really? Um, yeah, yeah, all very... She, she had a dig at him about something, though. The same bloke a couple of days ago, I think. I can't oh. I think he said something about the injury, and she had a dig about him. Saying it was all false or something like that, right? So yeah, it's, I think it was that... in regards to his future, right? Yeah, oh yeah, well yeah, saying and then she said she replied to a fan, didn't she? Saying yeah, he'll wear a wool shirt again. Um, so yeah, again, as we said for the last three four weeks, we still don't know 
But again, as you, no one can blame any fan for speculating because you want to know what's going on with who, like who has been one of your mm. best strikers of of all time. It's really weird. You said Lopate. You said he's an important player for us, and I think that's the only he's real not got positive. Rid of him, has he? Is it? Yeah. It's no. Offense, it? yeah. It's. I think that's the only positive that can come from this. He goes. He gets fit. He gets game time off playing the World Cup. He scores a few goals. He comes back to the Wolves fit and firing. She. I think that's she the put, only positive. The guy put a couple of days ago saying that Wolves aren't happy with the situation, and then she put things are not like that. Let's be more serious with the information they share, please. Mm. But then if it's literally coming from Lopetegui's mouth about that, yeah. he's not happy with the situation. Like, who, who's bullshitting here? Mm. Mm. Um, Matt Wolf has asked, what do you think Lopetegui's favourite biscuit is? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone know any Spanish biscuits? Um, I think a... those nice biscuits, you know, like the coconut biscuits. Yeah. I think I, I can see him dunking one someone in into his uh, into his Yorkshire too. Mark uh, is a Lotus fan, to be fair. I was that's exactly what I was going to say. Lotus, they're elite. They are. It's all, too many thrills for him. I think. <laughs> Thinking about him grabbing everyone by two hands. Is there any like double-handed biscuit? He like he grabs man. every player with his wagon wheel. Wagon wheels, maybe a party rings wheel, on reckon. every single finger. <laughs> <laughs> they do chocolate party rings now, do they? Oh, you might be all over. Shall I ask my missus what Spanish, what biscuits are Spanish? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Try to think. Jaffa yeah. cake, or is that going into a controversial? Is it biscuit? Oh, God, that's another. That's another <laughs> kind of backwards. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like whenever you go like abroad, the biscuits in the like the. Supermarkets of Spain are pretty shit, aren't like they? Like, proper, like, although I do like a bourbons for about four pound fifty. Yeah, you know those ones that are like biscuit, but then with like chocolate that goes over the edge of the biscuit. I don't know what you even call them. They have them in France as well. They're dead good. I don't know what they're called, but they're dead. I really like them. What France. shape are they? Digestive, like like slightly wrecked, bit more of a rectangle than a square. Oh yeah, slightly. yeah, yeah. Um, chocolate in the middle. Biscuit, it is. I know what you mean. They're made by Lou L U. Lou biscuit. I used to call them a Lou biscuits, but I don't know what they actually. Uh, I'm gonna have to find it now. I'm sure I know what you mean. Uh, Lou biscuits. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know chocolate. Le petit chocolate, yeah, with the little geezer on. Yeah. Well, he sounds like, nice he sounds like me in, in Brussels trying to speak to um to yeah. the people. <laughs> you like to party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My French is actually two, but I bought these no, for a second of pizza. Sorry if anyone's yeah. just listening on uh, yeah. le, le petit yeah. chocolat. Uh, if you look at Lou. Crunchy biscuits start with milk yeah. chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's written in English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just out of interest, lads, what are your favourite biscuits? Uh, I always go for a pack of bourbons, to be fair. Chocolate yeah. bourbons. But I'll, I'll scram it. Uh, like cookies, like Maryland cookies, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, love a cookie. Easy money, ain't they? Or yeah. Rios. They're always saying. I'm easy. My first biscuit love was caramel digestives, I think. Oh, what a show. Oh, what a biscuit. Mm. The I'm... only reason I go for bourbons, like Sainsbury's, pack of bourbons, about 35p. In the current climate, you know, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? I used to put custard creams in the fridge. Oh. Hear me out. Because yeah, I'd go custard cream over a bourbon, so you've got me. I'm listening. Yeah. And then I'd dip it in my tea, but the contrast of the warm liquid in the cold centre was excellent. If anyone's got custard, cr custard creams at home, have a go. I mean, I'm partial to a finger as well. I had some... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh my word. Oh, oh my word. <laughs> I, I, no, say, know, I had the mint, mint chocolate fingers this week. Lid, lid brought me back mint. I'm a big fan of the mint mint chocolate. It's a mint chocolate fingers. Yeah. yeah. That's not, I not an innuendo. That up, aren't I? Yeah. yeah, well, I was a bit uh, no about to say with it with the Krista Creams and the hot drinks, I was going to go, oh, we'll try that yeah. at the sleep out. And then you went, well, that, I love to be fair, that scream. <laughs> we'll try that at the sleep out. Walter <laughs> confirmed the signing of Nacho Fernandez and someone quoted, I'm partial to a finger. There you go. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> no, I, I, um, what, I had some white chocolate ones the other day. I like the. Um, I like custard cookies though, man. Any cookies, but chocolate digestive, yeah. you can't go wrong. I don't like stuff like rich tea, I don't like. I was like, there was nice biscuit tea. We've a quick, very quick tangent. We we cooked some like cookie brownies at work today. We've got like a wood burner with like a cooking top, and Fucking like hell. we cooked Busy some brownies in it too. Yeah, <laughs> nah. I had customers I in whilst they were in there. I was like, oh, dangerous game. So mm. I was somewhere the other day with loads of free biscuits next to the tea thing, and there was Yorkies as well. I was like, oh, I'll take the chocolate oh, bar. Yeah, it was a Yorkie biscuit. It was you know that thing like where you don't expect the taste. It was like a Yorkie looked like a Yorkie, and it was a biscuit inside and. Well, I think when there's, you know, there's that thing where if you don't expect the taste or whatever, then you don't like Aren't it. Aren't Yorkies biscuits anyway, like inside? No, 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 they're, no they're solid chocolate. Solid yeah, chocolate. Really. They're class. They do a yeah, biscuit really and raisin one. Not laugh for women. You know what? Um, we have them at work and whoever's listening who, who I work with will realise why where all these biscuits have gone. Um, <laughs> gold bars. Oh, oh, mate, gold bars are elite, super. man. As soon as I were put in the drawer, they were fucking gone. They were straight on them in the like... fridge. They're good in the fridge. Oh, because yeah. you can bite each end yeah, as well and use it as a straw. You can do that with your finger as well. You Like fingers, you'd bite, bite two ends and then for your tea. What the Point, hell? Oh, nice. What? This is mad. These are some <laughs> mad hacks. I'm a fruity guy. Yeah. <laughs> How do you even find that out about a gold bar being a straw? Tested it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a tight and trusted method with like any like do it with a Twix, you can do it with a Kit Kat, like have a go. Like, but you, there's a, there's a fine balance. Uh I, 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 taking I them out of celebrations, aren't they, this year, Dave? Good the shit. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> but then the celebrations have released a bounty only box. Oh, that might be why they've done yeah, it. That's oh, elite. Buzzing. That elite. Uh, so if anyone is wondering what to get me for Christmas, there we go. We should probably move on. We've been talking about this for far too long. Uh, this is the most passionate we've been in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, the last hour in his last 10 minutes. Final question is from Paul Somerset Wolf. Um, yeah, legend. I, I see that he always comments on the videos as well and always sends well wishes on Twitter. So big thanks to that, Paul, mate. I hope you keep him well. Um, he looks like Lapate is going to be giving funds to strengthen in the window. What do you think his main priority will be in terms of position? got to be for me right back and striker if you can only but i think in ideal world center back right back striker i think but well, matt you might had a good shout finn um mm. in, in regards to an ex lopetegi player not quite the position we need but regulon mm. so yeah is he, athlete, is he on loan it no he's at See, I, thought, I thought he was out on loan but matt i thought he's at atletico first. isn't he we might be able to um I feel like I packed my feet. Oh, yeah, he's on, he's on loan. Um, oh, I would hijack it. But no, yeah, yeah. Well, then again, we don't need another. We're, we're pretty stacked there, aren't we? If he was right footed, it'd be great. He's played but, one game, though, so it's a good, good chance. Oh. <laughs> he was excellent. No, it's severe with him. And there's, yeah, no, yeah. there's no way you're going to go and get Jesus Navas. Um, well, here's one for you. Speaking about Adama that we've just spoke about. Remember when he took a fast Premier League winger and turned him into a right back? 
Adama at right back, anyone? You don't have to buy one? Mm, no, I, I, I no, don't think no, we could do it. it will, I, I'd want to see it maybe in like the Gillingham game, give it a go. But in a five back, no. maybe, but not in a four. Yeah. I mean, in that, it'd be chaos in a four, it'd be brilliant. We'll give it a go. But mm. yeah. Should I do that against Gillingham, just a flat back three, like a proper three, four, three. Just go for it. Yeah. Like that mm. Cardiff game where they played Adama, yeah, yeah. Adama and Vinagre. Adama and Vinagre. Mm. Love that. That was class. That was class. Um, Gents, that's all for this week. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's probably going to be two or three weeks before we do another podcast unless there's stuff that breaks, um, which I'm sure Dave will cover anyway in more bite-sized videos, but it's going to be a little bit sad, really. Uh, I'm sure we'll do one before the Gillingham game, though. Uh, podcast before the Gillingham game, but it might give us a bit of a break, a welcome break. I've been a little bit sick about talking about Wolves recently, and it's just... Because it just frustrates you, doesn't it? Like it's it's the same problems that keep occurring, and you know, I feel like we just go on and on and on about the same things. But still appreciate the support and the viewers, nonetheless. And um, I couldn't think of of two and three other blokes to, to share it with. So big thanks to you two as well. Thank you very much. It's the nicest That's thing I've said to you yeah, lot I ever. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but don't forget the Molyneux sleep hour is on Friday. Um, so if, like I've said before, if you have got any spare change, you'd be you're willing to part ways with them, please do it by donating via the Just Giving page. It's in the description down below. If we if we get to 200%, we'll give Matt some fingers. Yeah. We'll I buy, will, him, buy him some fingers. Yeah. yeah. I will have fingers <laughs> at the sleep out. Um, Dave, where can people find you should they wish to follow you? At Dave as a party on Twitter and Instagram public, of course. Hey! And uh, the old LinkedIn as well. I had a good few connections on LinkedIn this week, as always. Finn, where can people find you should they wish to follow you? I'll sign out from me and the boy. Here he is. Morning, Finn. It's Mike Dean. Oh, you can't see him. Here he is. He looks like Steve 52 from Bilston. <laughs> yeah, That's a good idea, channel later. <laughs> Hi, Finn. Um, but yes, yeah, from me and Mike, uh, Finn is on uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Um, and yeah, gonna miss you all. Lots of love. Sure, we'll keep in touch. I'm M Cooper Wrights on Twitter, um, Matt Cooper on LinkedIn, um, M Cooper Wrights on Instagram as well. I'm on public now. Gone public. Matt Cooper Bites on YouTube. Uh, Matt Cooper Bites on YouTube. Um, any Twitter blue subscribing um, in the pipeline for you, Dave or Finn? I, I don't need what, to. What even it? Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, that was a nice smooth close, but we're going to go on a tangent again. Um, I thought it was like if you were verified, you had to pay it to keep it. But is it? Oh, just yeah. yeah, but it's not as long as you're official. You probably will you don't soon. Have to pay. He, I don't think he knows what he's doing, does he? At the moment, bless him. You don't he's know just, what you're mm. doing. He's a backwards twat anyway, and I can't stand the <laughs> uh, But that's one for uh, another week. Um, uh, we are talking walls across all social platforms: YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, the most important one, LinkedIn. And until next time, look after yourself. And if we don't speak to you before, have a wonderful Christmas. And yeah, take care. And thanks for the support. <laughs>